Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. My name's Phil. I'm a pastor at one of the partner churches at Alter One, and we've been partnering with Alter One for the better part of the last decade. Personally, one of the things that I love about that partnership as a pastor is, is that it allows me to connect with a community of people that otherwise I would have no opportunity to do. You know, one of the, the constant tensions for, for churches, I think, is that we're always pulled inward and to, to focus inward and to become insular. And one of the things that, that I really do love about the partnership with Alter One is that it helps me, it helps our church to keep our focus moving moving outward and moving outward into communities that are more broader than our own. The platform of education is what Alter One uses to reach people, families, uh, not just uh, students, but whole families. And so as a church, we feel that Alter One gives us a connection point to a surrounding community who need to experience not just education, but experience the love of God through the context of education. Hi, I'm Lauren, and I've been at Alter One for a while, and I think the community has changed me in a positive way because when people come in and give testimonies and have this positive vibe to want to change people, it definitely helps change other people's lives. Before I came to Alt One, I felt like I had no value or no purpose and no place in anywhere. Coming here and meeting people who are so healthy and so safe has given me a whole new perspective on life. a music teaching background so I actually volunteered myself. I'm very passionate about music and I just really know the benefits it has for people to express themselves through music. I'm Hazel and I'm a volunteer up at the Church of Christ in Albany. I really enjoy being with them. They're lovely, lovely young people and I know that most of them have had some sort of trauma or something wrong in their lives which reminds me how lucky I am. And that's what makes me want to kill. It touches me a bit too much sometimes because they are lovely young people and they need, they need help, they need guidance. And if I can teach them something that I know, then that's fine. When I was going through hard times, the church community and the pastors and the youth group were helping me with the support because I've told them that I went through like bullying and I've been called names and that. They gave me like positive vibes like, hey, you're a really good kid, like you're like really good to hang around and, and just keep your head up, you know? And it's just all about those people that give you like positive advice instead of negative advice. I like to sort of learn their names. I like to listen to them. I think just giving them encouragement, affirmation that they are unique and are accepted. My heart gets very warmed when I see them rising to a challenge. Even if for some people it'd be a small challenge, they rise to a challenge, they put themselves out there, they try something new. 
and it's just um, awesome that you know you might be playing just a little part in them just experiencing a really lovely side of life. Hope is something that I struggled with for a really long time. Hitting at a very low point in my life, it felt non-existent. This community has showed me that hope comes in so many different ways. It's not just one thing. There is hope in everything. There's so many people out there with so many gifts and talents and skills that these kids would love to experience. You know, you might be playing just a little part in them just experiencing a really lovely side of life. Don't underestimate the gifts and talents you've got. You can, yeah, just bring them and really make a difference in these young people's lives. Never underestimate what God has put in your hand or what he's put in your heart. Never underestimate what God can do with you. I wonder if we could be prayerful and generous with an hour or two hours a week, or maybe even more, where you can give part of your life and share some of your story with some of these young ones, perhaps even allowing some of the stories of people in Alter One to become part of your story. And in so doing, you can be part of changing lives one at a time. How about we invite our beautiful Alter One family up here, guests? Can we give them a great hand as they come up here? How's everyone doing, by the way? You, you happy to be in church? Are, are, you, are you guys like happy to be back in this configuration, this format? Yeah? It was actually, um, th this idea actually began with Matt um, last year, and we did it, and then we went back to the stage, and now we're back down here, so thanks for that, Matt. Anyway, if you are um, new to the church, uh, my name's Dave, so great to have you along, and we have our beautiful Alter One um, family here, I'm going to introduce them in a moment. If you don't know what Alter One is, well, you've come on the right um, Sunday. Um, our journey with Alter One actually began nine years ago, I'm not even sure if you guys were in Alter One nine years ago, um, but I came to this church and um, I'm an Anglo-Indian, so one of the great things about being an Anglo-Indian is that you know every single other Anglo-Indian in WA. And um, one of those um, people who our family knows is the Trinder family. So mum does know the Trinder family. In fact, Paul, who's um, one of the founders of Alter One, will actually come here and actually call mum auntie and all that. Um, I don't know if it's out of respect. I think it's just what we do. It is out of respect, mum. <laughs> but um, yeah, nine years ago, I started the conversation with um, Paul about Alter One, just coming into, um, obviously, in, in a place like Armadale and Gosnells. And um, it's been a long, long, long journey. Um, like I said, nine years ago, this conversation started. And at the beginning of this year, Alter One landed in, um, in here. And part of the heart of our church is to actually come alongside other um, organizations and actually come alongside the vision which they have. And to actually, to the best of our ability, serve their vision. And that is really the heart of... Um, that, that we want to bring, that's the heart we want to continue with you, with you guys. And, and today we just want to um, talk to our church a bit about it. And um, we've got some beautiful, beautiful people. We have, um, or Nathan's piped out, but Nathan, who is our incredible um, worship leader back there, 
He's our chaplain, uh, one of our chaplains over here. So everyone loves Nath. We just, if you guys got some dirt on him, just like feel free to yeah, share it. Absolutely. All right. Um, ben, um, he is a senior chaplain in um, Alter One. So he looks after Nathan. And that's really good because we do love Nath. And um, it's so good to actually know that he's got someone like you um, to, to come alongside and actually support him. And um, Beck is our extraordinary um, teacher over here. Um, first time I met Beck, we were doing an interview and like seriously, um, you weren't, obviously you left the room, but after that we were just like looking at each other and wow, this, she's incredible, amazing. And um, just seeing the way, especially how Beck and Nathan operate here, my goodness, it is actually, legitimately, it is just so inspiring. Um, so you are such a blessing over here. We notice it, we feel it, and um, oh, so good. And Jeff is actually the principal. Um, so um, he's actually um, one who comes alongside serves and, and um, uh, for, for the rest of this year, you, you'll be the principal here and these guys can actually look to you and um, so much um, wisdom. And Jeff, something I've actually um, just really heard from everywhere in Alter One is your reputation um, and the way that you go about your life and the way that you operate in Alter One, you are held in such high esteem by everyone. Um, so that just speaks so much about you guys. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about that. Um, for a lot of us here who only come on a Sunday, you may not know that Monday to Friday, this place is transformed into a campus. And um, we're looking to actually get some permanent signage that lets everyone know that this is an all-to-one campus. But we're going to ask some questions. Um, anyway, did you, first of all, do you guys want to say hi or anything before we... Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not nervous, are you, Beck? <laughs> All right, I'll do, the, I'll do the questions, you do like the answerings. Question without notice, straight off the bat. Favourite holiday destination, Ben? Well, my, my favourite holiday destination was uh, probably a couple of years ago, I traced back my family heritage, um, my surname being La Haye, I'm French. You're French? French, I wish I could speak French. Oui, oui. I, I feel like I would have more credibility, but... I'll just, I'll just roll with that. Um, so I traced it to a small country town called St. Malo, which is uh, on the border. It's a walled city. And so it just was something about owning and, and finding where your heritage was. Would love to go back to France. Wow. So that's, that's me. Beautiful. Did you, so being from like uh, having origins from France, mm. do you pronounce your last, your surname right? I feel like I just <laughs> roll with it. My wife loves to do that. It's the specific way of doing it. How would my, she do it? So, la hey. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah she, likes to, she likes to throw it in there. I'm like, I couldn't be bothered. Like, oh. I've had it for all my life. Like, you are so I've got to keep pronouncing it and spelling it out when you're, when you're on the phone to Telstra. Like, it's just, it's all, it's all happening. <laughs> Beck, favourite destination? Pay attention, Hudson. Here we go. Well, uh, well I was just going to say he speaks French, so he could teach Ooh, you. Oh, um, <laughs> um, No, for me, probably, uh, my husband over there, he's from Seychelles. Um, so, for me, we went there for our honeymoon a long time ago. Um, we haven't been back, unfortunately. But it would be, yeah, Seychelles. I'm not a beach person at all, but... You're not a beach person? No. You realise um, you live in Western Australia. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no waves, sand cold water but over there it's clear warm flat water 
there's there's trees. There's I'm a bit white. There's shade um, on the beaches. So over there, I'm I'm a beach person, just not here. So yeah. Beautiful and Jeff. Yeah, look, uh, I don't know. Uh, th- th- talking about uh, clear, warm, flat water, uh, Broome. Uh, n- nothing beats Broome. Um, I've been to Orlando a couple of times and and love that. Uh, Anywhere where there's friends and family is going to make a great holiday. What a great answer. Anywhere there's friends and family, that's awesome. (laughs) I don't think Jeff's on. Are you on now? It does say it's on. It's okay, I think we can hear you. Beautiful. All right, let's kick into some questions. Um, There are some people here and they're looking at sign Alter One, not necessarily knowing what it is. So, Jeff, are you able just to fill us in again? No worries. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first of all, everyone, I want to thank you for the warm welcome that we've received already this morning. Thank you, Dave. Uh, and uh, I want to thank you for the privilege of being able to partner with you guys uh, in this in this mission called Alter One. Uh, Matt, when you shared that story uh, just before, uh, really, really sensitively. Uh, it reminded me of a father who, at the end of her daughter's, his daughter's time at Alter One, uh, he looked at the staff and he said, thank you for giving me my daughter back. Mm. And, wow, you know, that, uh, that story reminded me of that. Um, that is our, our hope, that we are able to, at the end of a season, to be able to hand back a, a, a child who is who has been hurting, who has gone through struggle, uh, who has been traumatised, who has struggled with schooling, and and hope and pray that we have made a difference in that student's life. Uh, that video, seeing that again, just reminds, uh, it certainly reminded me, I, I'm sure the same with, the, with the, uh, the, the rest of the crew, of why we do what we do. Uh, what is Alter One? Um, I... There's a whole pile that, that there's, there's a lot that we can talk about, but um, or that I can certainly talk about with Alter One. Uh, but if we were to put it in a sentence, Alter One is an alternative schooling model for high school students who are, dis, who are disengaged from mainstream schooling. Typically, what we do is we look after students who have experienced trauma in their lives. Uh, and whether that be through bullying, through abuse, uh, through a, a traumatic experience well beyond their control. Uh, students with, with social, emotional, uh, mental health issues. Typically, we have students who suffer from anxiety, uh, from depression. And for some students, that presents as uh, behavioural issues. That's their mask that they tend to put on and, 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 and what we do is we provide a safe place of belonging for them. Uh, through that place of belonging, what we then try to do is to uh, allow them to experience healing and restoration in their lives <coughs> and then for them to be able to have a, a discover who they are. And we know, we believe that they are created in the image of God, that they are beautiful, wonderful, talented students, and we want them to be able to discover that. And through discovering that identity, 
than creating a purpose for their life. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's a journey. It takes a long time. It takes a long time for some of the students to trust us, to open up, and I could share many, many stories of that. Uh, it takes a long time for them to go, okay, this is what I need to change about myself, and thank you for giving me the strategies to be able to do that, help me along the way, and, and that's what we do. One of the boys watching that video up there, he was playing table tennis, and uh, he, he was one who was, uh, behavioural issues were, were the main concern for, for, for this young man. And he was detached, the broken relationship with his father, pretty much mum at, at her wit's end, you know, alter one being her last bit of hope, you know, please do something with my son. And, and it was rocky. Uh, with with that particular boy, uh, he it, it was probably about a year of just pouring out grace upon grace upon grace when he did not deserve it, just like our heavenly Father does with us, and and continuing to have to pick up after him and fix up relationships. And fast forward now, uh, he is a youth leader in the church that partnered with Altar One, a, a, a boy who had never been part of church before. Uh, we had the privilege of leading him to the Lord and now seeing him serve the Lord with gladness, uh, with all his heart. Uh, so, you know, that that's what you, partnering with Altar One, uh, sows seeds in, in students' lives. Uh, it provides them hope. And, and I really want to thank you for what you guys do, for your prayer, for your financial giving, uh, through your volunteer work here at, uh, at New Spring Camillo. Thank you. Beautiful. So, um, Ben, I'm going to ask you a question. I mean, uh, we have a purpose statement as a church, and one of the um, things that we, we, we aspire to live out is that we dare to see places of despair as opportunities where God's kingdom breaks in and breaks forth, which obviously means that we as a church community, we want to be stepping into places. So um, as a church, are you able just to maybe give us a bit of a handle on we as like followers of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters here, how we can come, support, serve all to one and actually step into these places? Because we have the same objective. We want to see God's kingdom break in and break forth. Um, so can you just help us out with some thinking around that? Absolutely. So part of what my role is uh, around the senior chaplain role is to also not only support the chaplains, but to also um, help around our volunteers. And so working with the partner churches in um, providing providing leadership and, and upskilling into volunteers coming in like we like we saw in the video where people brought their gifts and their talents and and they were able to come in with with what they had and and support support the students where they are at so i guess as a as a church um as new spring for you is is kind of coming in and we've got we've got an amazing volunteer already coming in in richard i know he's over just on my right hand side he 
he comes in and and him just being present is is a highlight for young people and at many of the other campuses that we have some students purely come to school just just to see the volunteer just to see and and to come alongside because they can get they can get what they need from the staff all day and and they'll see them all day and and we're we're journeying with them but somebody that comes in that is that's just coming from a loving heart that is just they know that they are coming in and they're giving up their time to purely come in and and volunteer and journey alongside and to be that hands and feet that Jesus um, encourages us to be like I think I think for me it's 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 probably the most valuable thing that we have it's the most precious thing that we have and and just and and just being able to to do that has so much more weight than than the staff getting paid to to be there and duty of care and all the other legal stuff that we have to do that somebody from the community and and linking them back in and and journeying and and just being that touch point is is massive and 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 it does it does really warm my heart and and part of watching that video many times that I have it 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 gen- it genuinely um, yeah there's many there's there's many stories that 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 could probably share through that and and probably the one that comes to mind is is at one of our one of our campus campuses we saw um, volunteers coming in and they would share start sharing their story and sharing um, how how God has changed them and and like abbreviated versions but but in doing in doing that we saw a campus of 25 students 20 out of those students all started coming to youth group and started coming to church and then out of those students we then saw their family starting to come and then they their whole um their whole life changed and how they perceive and and journeyed and so i think the small like like jeff had said the small that you kind of give can have ramifications to change generations so i think that was a long version no i'm pretty sure you could have actually gone on for another 10 minutes and yeah, it's all good i feel like like community and and the whole that side of it is is yeah. absolutely my heart yeah. and and it's 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 why i do what i do i don't do it for the money i don't do it because um yeah i don't do it for that reason i do it because i'm genuinely making a difference and 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 partnering with with the volunteers and giving the volunteers training and 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 giving you everything that you need so we're setting you up for success and not just kind of mm. throwing you into the class because our students can come and Beck will talk into this but they can come with some challenge but mm. my role is to give you everything that you need to then be successful so. beautiful and I think like even just having that prerequisite like just time um, it opened up so many opportunities because I know like even talking with Beck there's some um, projects that we'd like to get on, like the, the community garden, getting some stuff over there. You guys are setting up to do a mural. 
like over there. Um, Richie comes and like, the beautiful thing with Richie, he just gets in and everything. Um, I know Brett and Nay um, very shortly going to be starting to do Alpha. Um, so what another opportunity. So there's a whole lot of opportunities to actually come in and actually invest and step into the lives of, of other people. And I, I think one of the things in life is that you try to, sometimes you try to create moments, like even as a parent, you try to create moments. The problem is you can't create moments. Those moments actually happen with a quantity of time that you put in there. So you're in a moment, you're in, a, you're in somewhere, you just don't know, any, at any time something can happen. Um, and that's just one of the remarkable things. And Beck, this is like straight into teaching all to one Camelo campus of all places. And um, this is kind of like a, a funny question because the question is like, what's an average day? There probably is no such thing as a average day. Um, but maybe you just want to flesh that out a little bit for us um, here. So you've got your ideal day. <laughs> the ideal day. What does that and, mean? And then you've got your fairly typical day, and then sometimes you'll have more extreme days. So um, basically, we the school runs from nine till three, so we have kids here, so it's not quite as long a day as um, your traditional mainstream schools, um, but we open the doors from 8.30, and we have a breakfast bar set up um, for the kids. A lot of our students um, don't eat breakfast. Sometimes it's they don't want to, sometimes they just don't have a lot in the house to be able to do that with. So um, toasties are almost like currency. We go through a lot of cheese. Um, we've started getting bread donated. So one of our EAs has a um, contact at a baker's delight. So on a Tuesday afternoon, we she does a bread run before she goes to footy training. Um, so we do get the bread donated now, which has been very helpful. Um, but to cheese, yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's literally currency. Um, I have said to the students before, you know, we get to Wednesday, there's no more cheese. All right, if we can have no more incidents for the last hour, Wednesdays we finish early, I'll get cheese tonight. Um, and it works. <laughs> it actually does work. It's the simple thing. So, um, but we have a breakfast bar. We've got cereal, porridge. They can do toast. They can make toasties. Noodles are the other form of currency as well. Um, I, I don't even know how many packets of noodles Nathan might have we go through. Um, I've stopped buying them for now. Um, <laughs> they're not cheap either. Um, no, so yeah, so they have the breakfast bar, Milo, all of that sort of stuff. And then Nathan will do a van run, so some of our students he'll pick up from the station. Um, he'll usually leave around 10 to 9, he'll get back just after 9. Um, and then instead of taking the kids into the classroom straight away, we let them have about another 10 minutes so that those students are also able to go in and make something if they need it. Um, and just chill out for a little bit before, you know, you get to school, you get straight into the classroom. Um, then we bring them in, we do a devotion, um, and then we get them to do what we call their traffic lights, um, which basically just gives us a snapshot of where they're at for the day. Um, because sometimes they will come in and they have had a very difficult night or a very difficult weekend, uh, and they will rate themselves from 1 to 10, be it the green, the yellow, or the red zone. And sometimes they will come in and they will be in the red zone for anger or fear or worry uh, or sleep. They've had almost no sleep. And I think we all know when you're in those mind frames, the littlest thing can set you off. And it does. <laughs> Thankfully, not too often, but it has happened. We have had a wall punched. It was a brick wall. There was no damage to the wall. <laughs> um, 
but that only happened once, so that was good. Uh, but yeah, so then we have our morning, we have three sessions in the day. We have before recess, before lunch and after lunch. Um, I probably run my campus a little bit tighter in some ways than I think some other campuses do. Some campuses it's just the kids work on whatever they want when within those time frames. Um, but I, as someone who's been teaching for a while, I know kids can get decision fatigue as well. And if they've got too many different options, sometimes it's just too hard to pick. Um, so I have mine structured. I break the three sessions into six sessions. Uh, and so it might be, all right, for this half an hour, you're actually going to do your PR, which is the personal recovery program, which is one of the things that our kids um, often will avoid the most because it's the program that they have to do with us and it's the program that makes them the most vulnerable because it's how we're working with them to face their trauma. So I have a half an hour block each day where ideally that's what I would like them to be doing. It doesn't always happen. And then the other times I'll give them an option. So it might be you're going to work on A, B or C. So then they've got a smaller amount of things that they can work on. And for some people it sounds silly, but some of our kids really, really do struggle with making decisions. And it's too hard, so I'm just going to give up. And I'll just colour in. Colouring in is also a bit of currency. You'd be surprised how many kids, even some of our male students, just like to colour in. Um, and it really does help them to de-stress as well. Um, after lunch, we don't do much in the way of schoolwork. That's more our options time. Um, we do art one afternoon. Um, we'll often get kids out doing, or, you know, basketball with Nathan and things. Um, you know is really popular as well. And it's also just a really good way for us to uh, be able to connect with students in another way. Um, being the teacher on the campus, I'm, pro I'm the one that it takes the most of them the longest to warm up to. Um, they, uh, they, they come in, they've had really bad experiences with other teachers. Um, why would I be any different? Um, and I've got students who have told me they hated me when they started, who now get along with me, thankfully. So, but it, it takes a while because they don't like being told, mm, we're not swearing here. Because for them, every second word is sometimes a swear word. Like, no, that's not appropriate for school. Because one of the things we want to do is we want to set them up for the workplace. And so, you know, the rules that, I mean, we have, and it's really across most Alter One campuses, is if it's not appropriate for the workplace, it's not appropriate for school. Um, you know, we don't suspend kids over swearing, but we do like to remind them that there's a time and a place. What you do outside of school, what you do outside of the workplace is up to you. But when you're here, you need to work on these healthy behaviours and things. So, um, but that's sort of your... Yeah, average, typical day, a bit of choice in what they do, um, some options, some community time and just getting them to try to be able to work with each other and work with the staff and gain uh, trust um, and relationships to realise that not everyone is out to get them, not everyone um, does hate them, that people do actually um, love them uh, and that... Um, there, there is hope. There, there is hope for them, um, particularly through the word, um, but just generally in life, they, they can, they can do better. They can experience better. Yeah. Beautiful. So anything can happen any day. Everyone loves Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Nathan's the first one they all like because of transition, <laughs> and they spend five weeks with him before they come to me. So he's, in, he's the fun one. And in a transition, we. The, like the chaplains all go on the fun excursions. So Nathan oh. will take them to Frio. They'll have fish and chips on the beach. 
they'll go to King's Park, he'll go 10-pin bowling. I know he's behind me. He gets the um, pizza, he doesn't pizza. make them work. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. We were working pretty hard, so, yeah. Um, so, really, really dynamic environment and um, something that um, we, we've only just started um, this year. And obviously, this is going to be a really long journey. And this is a journey that um, is about serving our region. It's about serving Armadale. It's about serving Gosnells. And this is a real, real practical way. Um, so I think, like, as far as, like, volunteering, they can come talk to you, Ben. Is that the best? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm happy to field any of your questions. I've got a couple of the application forms um, Everything will kind of volunteer-wise will be directed through me. So we'll do all the training. I'll go through all of the behind-the-scenes stuff. So if you have any questions, please come and see me. I wore a bright yellow shirt, so it's easily recognisable. Just standing in a crowd, I'm just. And you like got cool glasses. And I got cool glasses, so there's yeah. pretty easy features. I need so. to get some cool glasses like that. Uh, no, I think they're like they're Ralph, they're Ralph Lauren, like they're not the bad. True story. Bad. I was out last night and um, Kayla was off somewhere. She comes up to me and says, "Daddy, I knew exactly where you were because of your shiny bald head." <laughs> <laughs> no, so nice. I got that. No. <laughs> True story. I felt loved. <laughs> Just on the volunteer space as well. Any any skills that people have, um, we'd like. I mean, we are one of very few campuses that has an amazing kitchen. Mm. So if you want to come in. As a once-off or, you know, semi-regularly to do cooking with the kids, that's an option. Um, Richard's done a great job. Mm. We've they filled, He's taught the kids. They've filled the holes in the walls and sanded them back and there did that, holes, the painting of the background for the, for the mural. So mm. fixed the air hockey table and a few other bits and pieces. And the kids love it. They love the hands-on stuff. It's life skills as well. So um, any kind of skill that you have, whether you want to come in regularly or semi-regularly or even as a once-off, just... Definitely get in contact with us. Um, it, it's all important. Definitely. And even, um, like, at some of the other campuses, like, if you're maths inclined, I'm not ma I'm not the maths person. Um, coming in and just sitting sitting with students and going through some of those uh, maths-type uh, questions. Or English. We or need English, English at our or campus. English. We need English. So there's, ma there's many different options, but if you do want to talk through that, um, can absolutely field any of those kind of questions. Beautiful. Well, today we just wanted to um, give a bit of a snapshot. We're going to continue having like you guys come and, and, and just keep building this. But um, um, I'm going to pray and then um, we'll kind of move on. But thank you so much for coming. I know you guys have travelled from a good distance. Um, so thanks so much. How about I pray for you? So God, we thank you for um, what you've begun. I thank you for um, just the grace upon all to one, but also just on the grace on Ben Beck and, and Jeff as well. And as we move forward, um, would you just open doors that no person could possibly open? And would there just be courage in our church to step in and actually just to um, pour out and share and just to love these beautiful kids of our region, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give our guests a great hand? Thanks so much for coming. And how about you guys look to the screen? Since the dawn of time, mothers and daughters have always fought. 10 o'clock is an embarrassing curfew. Oh, it's embarrassing to tell your girlfriends you'd like to hang out at a safer time? A lot. Ugh, absolutely not. Doesn't You're matter not what the topic is, they'll find a way to disagree, strongly and dramatically. And when that runs its course, they'll just lob insults at each other. This house sucks. 
It became the background noise of our lives, and soon it became weird when they weren't fighting. There's nothing wrong with this outfit. They keep it very hot in the gym. It was a vicious, never-ending war. All we knew was to keep our heads low and out of the line of fire. You're not going. In a nutshell, all of their fights boiled down to one thing. Oh, why can't you ever just trust me? I do trust you. She didn't. And to be fair, she didn't have any reason to. No, Lanny, it's not hard to get wine coolers. We'll just stand outside the liquor store and target the creepy old dudes. No. Mom? I picked up the phone by accident, but I heard everything. And then came the thing she lived to say. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Erica was smart and sneaky in her own right, so my mom had to bring her A-game. She read her diary. And when she realized it was just a decoy planted there for her to read, she'd find her real diary. And she wasn't afraid to get down and dirty to find out what was going on, even when nothing was going on. No, you're still conjugating it wrong. It's j'aime danser. What's that sound? I think it's snoring. Seriously? Nope. I mean, if you're gonna spy, at least try to stay awake. You may be wondering, why are you showing clips like that? Well, one of the difficulties with being a pastor and actually being a Christian is that what we're doing right now, this is not the real world, people. Our job is to actually go out there and actually get a snapshot. Okay, this is what life is like and how do we actually live out our Christian life in there. And we're in a series, don't worry, it's only going to be very, very short today. You guys thinking, Dave, like, you speak for a long time. We're in a series which is called F is for Family. Oh, can you put the other slide up, um, Olivia, the, the, the um, serious slide? F is for Family. F is for feuding. Any feuding in your family? F is for fun. Does anyone have any fun in their family? Anyone else have any fun? Yes? You're not convincing me. F is for fighting. Does anyone have any fighting in their family? Yeah? You do? <laughs> F is for fantastic. Anyone have a fantastic family? Yes. Well, last week we actually started this series, and what I was suggesting to us is that when it comes to family, F should be for trying to figure this out. F is for trying to figure it out. Because I don't know about you, but when it comes to my life, I'm still trying to figure out how to be a husband. I'm still trying to figure out how to be a father. I'm trying to figure out how to be everything. And all that. And I think that if we actually frame it that way, F is for family, F is for trying to figure this out, that actually gives us a bit of permission. It actually empowers us in some way. Uh, Romans 12, verse 2, and um, says this Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will what we're saying is that in order to be a faithful christian it's going to require at least three things in every arena of life especially in the arena of family it's going to require an engagement of our will do not do not like that that's pretty intentional isn't it dylan do not do not conform to the patterns of this world um, it's going to require an engagement of our intellect. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. To understand the New Testament paradigm is that our world in which we live in has actually principalities, powers, and influences which are trying to push us. They're trying to provoke us. They're trying to make us do things which are not necessarily in a kingdom way. And, and what we have to do is to engage our intellect to be able to aware of those influences and, and to be able to step back and say, wait a minute. 
that influence has infiltrated my family. And I need to actually do something so that I'm not actually going in that paradigm. And the last thing that we're saying is that it's going to require an engagement of grace. That you may prove what is a good, pleasing, and perfect will. There are going to be many times when we do not prove what is God's good, pleasing, and perfect will here on earth. Because the kingdom of God has broken in, but it's not here in completion as yet. Amen? So that's why we have the weaponry of grace, of forgiveness, and welcome. That's what we were talking about. G.K. Chesterton, many years ago, obviously, said the Christian ideal has not been tried and been found wanting. It's been found difficult and left untried. And a big reason why that is the case is because it takes being very intentional and engaging in all facets of our life in order to faithfully live out the Christian world, especially in the context of family. For this series, we're looking at what is called the household codes in Ephesians 5:21 to 6:1. And um, it's in these household codes where Paul actually presents a brand new vision for God's new humanity, God's new creation. And what's interesting is that how Paul is presenting his manifesto, he doesn't start talking about government, doesn't start talking about business, doesn't start talking about cities, doesn't start talking about villages. In order to present his manifesto for this brand new um, vision of this new people, he talks to the family. In his mind, he says, okay, if we're going to actually talk about being new creation people, let's talk specifically to the family. And what he does, what he does is that he takes the everyday commonly known household codes of ancient Rome and presents that, but differently. What he does is that he actually subverts what was the known codes of that present time. And he presents that to the church. And Ephesians, if you remember, is a circular letter. It's his manifesto. It's the last kick of the can. He, he knows his end's about to come. He says, this is what is most important. And that's what he does. So next week, we've got a very special um, friend of ours, Bin Yuan from Sun Life Church. And he's actually going to speak into the paradigms of husbands and wife and all that. You'd be happy to know I'm not doing that. But what I am going to do, I want to just quickly present some of the undergirding of what was um, crafting the household codes of the, ancient, of the ancient world, of ancient Rome. Because uh, well, well, you need to understand this. What Paul is doing, and he does this with slogans as well, he is taking uh, something that is so well known, or he takes like this common slogan, and then he subverts it with gospel dynamic. Our problem is sometimes we read that and say, oh, that's scripture, and you don't understand. Wait a minute, that, that's not what Paul's saying. He's actually undermining that because he's actually, he, he's actually he's speaking to real people, to real families, to real households, but 2,000 years ago. So the question for us is, right here, what are the household codes of 2022? And how do we subvert those household codes with gospel dynamic. If you want to know what the gospel dynamic is, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. How do we take these dynamics of the Sermon on the Mount and actually uh, undermine these forces of this world or these household codes around? So just to help us with our thinking in that, are you guys okay? I want to give you a couple of things which were creating the household codes 2,000 years ago of what Paul is undermining with the gospel. And the question is again, for us to think, use your head now, intellectually, engage our intellect. What are the household codes of 2022? What are the household codes of 2022? All right, first one, 
straight off the bat, in the ancient world, in ancient Rome, household codes were given only to the men. Gee, dead silent about that. <laughs> yeah, all the men are thinking, I better shut up right now. Very smart. Wives were never addressed. Women were never addressed. Now, now, now keep that, have that in your thinking and, and consider what Paul's doing here. He's actually addressing everyone. He's not just addressing the fellas. But if the, 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 the patterns of, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, if one of the patterns of this world in the ancient world 2,000 years ago is that you just speak to the fellas, the, the women have no voice, can you see how subversive what Paul is doing here in bringing these gospel dynamics? What is it saying? Um, well, I think it is. But he, he's fully subverting this. In fact, well, what happened in the ancient world is that it, it was this patriotic kind of culture. And um, you would actually give the household codes to the, to the patriarch, to the male. And what, what was supposed to happen is that the man was told how to manage and control their household, which included their wives, for their own benefit. That was the paradigm. That was the culture. For your own benefit. So what Paul does, he actually talks about male headship, but in a very different way. Because in the ancient world, male headship was all about you control your household for your own benefit. Paul parallels male headship with that of Christ. All right? Ephesians 5 verse 25, for husbands, this means you love your wives. That was unheard of. Just as Christ loved the church. Say what? He gave up his life for her. That's headship. That is complete subversion of that cultural reality. He's actually paralleling headship with that of the relationship Jesus has with the church. He gave himself for the salvation of the church. He gave himself even unto death for the church. Can you see how that is like flying in the face of a culture that says the male is everything? Right? So that's the first thing he does. Second thing, um, in the ancient world, women were inferior to men. That was part of the culture. Um, and you can see in these household codes, um, number one, Paul does ne he never says that. Okay? In, in other household codes, it would have been quite blatant. He doesn't say that, but everyone in the house, including that of slaves, and again, we're talking about a culture 2,000 years ago, they are all given dignity. They're all given value. They're all given worth. How? They're all given a voice. Every single person. Even the kids. Even the children are given a voice. I grew up with, you know, children should be seen and not heard. Well, not according to Paul. Not according to the gospel. Not according to Jesus who brings the children in the center and says, you want to be great? You've got to be like a little one. And the third one is that the ancient world was a culture of domination. It was, it was, it was a culture of domination. And as you read through those passages, you've got, to, you've got to be wondering, why is Paul spending so much attention talking to the husband? Well, the reason is because the husband is immersed in a culture which is all about domination, right? So it makes complete sense that if you are immersed, if you do, it's like, it's like a, a fish swimming in water. If you are immersed in this culture, which is all about domination, man, that fella, he's going to have to do a whole lot of renewing of the mind, isn't he? A whole lot of rethinking, a whole lot of reimagining, let's talk biblically, a whole lot of repenting, because that's what repentance is. Rethinking, reimagining, turning around. Now that you have more light, live in a different way. That's repentance. 
So you can understand that in that, in that culture, of course he's speaking to the fella because there's so much more unlearning that's going to happen. Can you see how he's subversing these household codes? And husbands, he speaks to them to love and imitate the self-sacrifice of Jesus. Husbands are supposed to resist the temptation to operate in the ways of this old humanity that takes advantage of their position rather than using their position for the sake of the family. And this parallel with Jesus and the church that we're to love our wives as our own body. He's actually subversing it. So the question is, what are the household codes of 2022, you see? I'm not sure. If Paul was writing today, would he spend so much well, would he focus so much weight on the husbands or would he actually start speaking to women as well? Let me throw out something which is maybe not, um, I don't know, let me just say this the way I see it. There is, so let's take the husband, let's take the male-female relationship, male and female. Is there a grasp for women to get some power? Is there? I think there is. Is there good reason for them? Amen. I really do think there is. Absolutely. I, I think there definitely is. Um, like even as, as Christians, I think we've taken these verses in, in some of our tradition and we've actually gone in the opposite direction to what Paul actually intended. Okay? But we need to think now. Like even as, like, as a woman, as a wife, is like, okay, like we want to actually... Um, Live in a way where, number one, we want to live in a way where Andrew doesn't have to grasp for power in our household. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if, if there's a legitimate thing where there has actually uh, been a suppression of, of, one, of uh, like one of our beautiful siblings in Christ, you know, we, we actually don't want to live in that kind of way. We don't want to be this dominating kind of thing. But in the same way, I know that there's real, like, like real thrust um, call it feminism or whatever, but how do we kind of want to actually gain some, do you, do you understand kind of what I'm saying? This is kind of quite intentional and we're going to have to grapple with what it means to be new creation people right here in this world because we want every gender to flourish. We want husbands and wives to flourish. And what Paul is doing, he is actually opening up a brand new vision of what it means to be human. Where husbands and wives, they submit to one another. Where husbands and wives as parents actually submit to their children and children. Like, there is this huge thing which is happening. So they're just three things um, that were undergirding and actually creating the household codes 2,000 years ago. Household codes, number one, they were given to men and men only. We, women did not have a voice. Um, children do not have a voice. The ancient codes held that women were inferior to men. That's something that Paul was addressing. He was saying, no, that is not the case in this new creation. There is dignity bestowed on men, women, children, and even slaves. He was actually saying that as well. And in the ancient world, there was this culture of domination, which Paul, again, is subverting and saying in this new creation people, that is not the case. We are living in a different way. And as the Christian community went about living in a different way, that demonstration caught the attention, caught the eye of the surrounding culture, and they were intrigued to such a point where they actually joined in and learnt the ways of Jesus Christ. And historians tell us that is how Christianity gave the world its humanity 
2,000 years ago. Anyway, so next week we'll kick that on, but I'm going to pray and um, did, that was like a nice little short snap thing. Hopefully it, you got something from that. Do you understand that though? What are the household codes of 2022? Big question. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for our beautiful friends from Malta One. I thank you for scripture and even um, the process of reimagining, of rethinking, of repentance, Lord, that as we gain greater insight, as we delve deeper, as we broaden our understanding of what is happening, um, as you present this new vision of humanity, new creation people, I ask that we can go from this place and we can rethink it. What does it mean to be a husband? What does it mean to be a wife? What does it mean to be a parent? What does it mean to be a new creation person living in this present age, Lord? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fall upon us as we go from this place, that you would provide opportunities for us to step into. I pray that as we go about business, that we would not use violence, but we would use love and compassion and grace, the weaponry of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that's been an action-packed Sunday, hasn't it? We've got more to come, five o'clock. We are simply coming to worship, that's it. No other agenda but to worship. And all the worship team is going to be here, so it's going to be like amazing. Um, but for now, um, let's go do church. Let's take it to another level. Let's go do church, have some coffee, and just hang out with each other in the foyer and all that. But um, thanks so much. And have a chat with Ben, um, Beck, or Jeff if you'd love to help out with Alter One. That would be amazing. Bless you guys. God of Jacob, great I am. King.